This is something that the Lord was sharing with me last night, I guess it was, or during the night, whenever. And I'm on, and really it's kind of a word. And he said that there will be a refreshing and a cleansing to your soul today. With that refreshing comes freedom for your mind. Worry, stress, and a deep concern. And this word deep concern was very impressive to me when he spoke that. Let me go back with that. With that refreshing comes freedom for your mind, worry, stress, and a deep concern about things that you can do nothing about will leave you. And, and, trust for, and trust for in the word, the trust for the word will replace it. So then he said, go free. I've been thinking about teaching on trust, and Susan kind of brought out a little bit last Sunday that word, and I thought, oh, man, God had been ministering to me about trust in the word. But I want you to understand that I'm in a different place as far as my life is concerned being by myself. I can spend more time with the Lord. And it's valuable to me. My time is valuable to me. And so I don't want you, when I share these things, like the time of night that I get all of this, you know, whatever, uh, I don't have anybody else in the house that I will bother <laughs> when I start praising God or when I start getting my pen and paper and start writing stuff down during the middle of the night. That's where I am. And you may not be in that same place, but whatever time you do have, use it. You know, make it avail to you. So I'm in that place. <clears throat> and I really enjoyed this morning uh, my time in God's presence. It started at 3.30. So now you know why I said that. You're sound asleep, probably. But it seems like that 3.30 in the morning is a time that, he, that I wake up for him to start ministering to me. And as you know, I listen to the uh, reflections. That's when I get sleepy when I'm listening to the music. And this is a song that they were playing. Oh, Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout this universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee, how great thou art. How great thou art. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art.
And that just, I mean, it's that music, it's nothing but music. But I started singing with it. I laid there, 3.30 this morning, and was raising my hands as I sang that to him. And it ministered to me. The subject, it changed completely during that song. That wasn't what I was going to teach, but we're going to teach on Wake Up My Soul and Sing. And in that song, it said, Then Sings My Soul. And I got up. I hope y'all don't mind me sharing these personal things. But I sat up on the edge of my bed. By that time, it was probably 4 o'clock. Because I had laid there and just sung to him and sung to him. And it kept going over and over in me. Wake up my soul and sing. So I sat on the edge of my bed. I put my feet on the floor. And I kept saying, wake up my soul and sing. You wake up soul and you start singing. Wake up soul. And I just went over and over confessing that. Wake up my soul and sing. I'm telling you, there, was, there is something in that. It's time for us to get the burden and the stress and the pressures off of our soul. Amen. And I'll tell you, if you'll start singing to him, just like, did you not feel the presence of God when I started singing that song? That's what happens. Our, our soul needs to sing. Yes. Amen. Not just words. But our soul needs to sing, and I cannot, in, you know, I, I'm waking my soul up. I'm telling you, when pressure hits, when something comes against the Word of God, I start singing. And that wakes my soul up to, to remind me what God sees, what the Holy Spirit sees that we studied about two weeks ago. So, Wake up, my soul, and sing. So turn to Psalms 142. We have looked at this year in years past, but this is important psalm to me. This thing that sits on your shoulders is so important that it gets fed. If you don't feed the soul, Continually, you will start to die. Because you'll start receiving what your body's saying. You'll start receiving what the doctor says. And you know, he's not lying if he gives you a diagnosis. He's just telling you what you need to get rid of. Amen. So in this Psalms 142, the seventh verse. Bring my soul out of prison that I may praise thy name. The righteous shall compass me about, for thou shalt deal bountifully with me. Bring my soul, and, and what the Holy Spirit's saying today is, there's going to become some freedom in your soul today. He's setting your soul free if you will accept it this morning. Do you want your soul set free? Yes. Do you want to think different? Do you want to feel different? Well, how you feel is going to depend on your soul being set free. And so I've been going around saying, wake up my soul and sing. Wake up my soul and sing. Oh, you know, praise God. Wake up my soul. And you know what? It's 
listening. It's hearing me. It's hearing words. My soul is hearing words. Your soul is always hearing words. Your body is always hearing words. Well, God's putting it together here. Y'all just be patient. Um, I'm going to read from this little book. I had to find it, but I felt like I needed to. This was, um, I know all of you are getting your little pen out so you can write where you're going to get it. But it was uh, copyrighted in 1979 by Kenneth E. Hagen, the older, the old man, the old gentleman. Powerful. Oh, Lord, how we used to go to his meetings, his camp meetings, and oh, powerful man of God. Well, I carried this little book with me everywhere I went for years. And I would carry an extra one. And you've heard me tell this story. But I don't know if Karen will remember this lady or not. But there was a lady here in town named Weta Clements. She had arthritis, crippling arthritis. So bad. And she had asked me to take her to her doctor in Little Rock. And so I did. And while we were sitting in the waiting room, this other lady came in, and she sat down. And you know how you are drawn to somebody? The Holy Spirit will draw you to people so you can empty out of you what's in you. Did you get that? Because every lady in here has something in them for somebody else. I mean, that was the Holy Spirit said that. Did you know that? You have something in you that somebody else needs. And we've got to be aware of when we feel that drawing. So I sat there, because they called Weta back, and she went back in, in the waiting room, probably waited you know, a long time back there, but anyway. So I kept being drawn to this lady. And I went up to her, and I sat down beside her, and I said, ma'am, I don't know what's going on with you, but I want to give you this book on words. I said, the Holy Spirit has led me to share this with you. And she thanked me for it. Well, as, while she was waiting to see the doctor, you know, she started reading it. When I got home, from, the, from Little Rock, my phone was ringing. And it was this lady that I had given the book to. Now I'll get to a point here in a minute. Because this is on words. God is so good. He will meet you. You know, he will meet you. It may be somebody different, whatever. She called me and she said, I want you to know, thank you for the book on words. She said, I came to the doctor for one purpose today, and that was to destroy him. That was to ruin his career, medical career, because he could not help me. And I had all these words that I was going to say to him that would ruin him. And she said, when I got in there, I could not say them. 
is this, this is a true example. We've got to be empty, we've got to be sensitive wherever you go today to see, you know, you'll know if you feel drawn to somebody or whatever. We've got to empty out of us what that person needs. And it may not be anybody. It may be a smile. I mean, it doesn't have to be something like this. Just, your, just a smile on your face means so much to people. You know? That's what I loved about Greta being at Walmart. You know? She ministered to so many people just simply. See? Look at that smile spreading all over her face. She has that. And that, that's something that God uses. But there's something in each one of you that somebody needs. So I pray God will bring you across their path. Amen? Bring you across. So I'm going to read a little bit of this, uh, of Brother Hagin's, what he said about words. He said, hey, now this is him speaking. He said, when I was meditating on this subject of words, on, on this subject of, well, actually it was Matthew where it said, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words, plural, thou shalt be condemned. That's Matthew 12, 37. That's how important words are. You'll either be condemned or you'll be justified by what you say. Well, he goes on to say, When I was meditating on this subject, one word from this text kept going over and over in my spirit. And that was the word words, plural, W-O-R-D-S. Something on the inside of me seemed to impress me to teach on words. Words are more important than a lot of people realize. Words make us or break us. Words heal us or make us sick. According to the Bible, words destroy us or make us full of life, happiness, and health. Our words, the words we, sp we spoke yesterday, make li made life what it is today. Oh dear Lord, take me back. Let me see what I say yesterday. What I say? You know, question mark, you know. Okay. That agrees with what Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say words unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have. He shall have whatever he said. You could read that like this, he said. He shall have whatsoever words he speaks. That makes it pretty plain. So you might write that down. I have whatever words I speak. Like Jerry Savelle said, Kenneth Copeland told him, you need the vocabulary of silence. Sometimes. So in June 1943, I was starting a meeting for a pastor. He's calling him Pastor A, without calling a name. So in the East Texas oil fields. He had a serious heart attack. One of the neighboring pastors told me, Brother Hagen, for two or three days, the doctor tried to get us to quit praying for Pastor A. He was between life and death, and the doctor said, You're holding him here by your prayers and faith. If he does revive, no, you listen to these words? Sometimes we have to take authority over the words the doctor says. 
If he does revive, which I doubt, the doctor said, his mind will never be right. Because blood didn't get to his brain for more than 10 minutes. This doctor was putting out words of death. Life and death are in your tongue. Okay? So, but we just couldn't stop praying for him, the pastor said. We kept praying. The third day, Pastor A revived and his mind is all right. The doctors are shocked. Pastor A had not, re had not resumed preaching yet from the pulpit. His wife, who was also a minister, was filling in the pulpit. My wife and I and our children stayed in the parsonage with them, and we all went to church in one car. Well, one night, Pastor A started to make an announcement, and he said it backwards. The minute he got into the car, his wife said, You made a mess of that. It's just like the doctor said words. I guess you'll have to quit preaching. Are you seeing the power of words? Words enter into you, if the bad ones and the good ones, if you don't watch it. So my wife spoke up and said, There's nothing wrong with my husband with Kenneth's mind, yet he did worse than your husband. Kenneth got his tongue tangled up three times tonight. She was trying to change the picture, you know. So, but Pastor A's wife said, you'll have to quit preaching. She was constantly telling him what he could not do. Oh, man, that has ministered to me. I don't say what I cannot do, okay? One day after we ate our main meal, my wife went to the beauty shop and Pastor A went to visit someone who was sick. So I helped Mrs. A with the dishes. Don't <laughs> just see him. Big old bundle of joy. As we were standing there washing and drying the dishes, the Lord inspired me to say, Sister A, I don't know how you'll take this, but if you don't quit talking like you do to your husband, he will be dead in two years. You're talking... You're going to talk him to death. Okay? Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Mrs. A flared up at me and she said, Now wait just a minute, sister. And Oh, she flared up at me and I said, Now wait just a minute, sister. Wait just a minute. You know that wasn't Kenneth Hagin who said that. The Spirit of God inspired me to tell you that. And I'd stake my life on it, what he, what he told me to tell you. So she simmered down and said, Brother Hagen, we've known you for a number of years, and we know how God uses you, so I accept that from the Lord. Well, just wait a minute. While we were there, she did better. A year later, we were visiting them again, and she was right back to her old words and ways. You're going to die You'll never make it. I hope y'all are getting what he's telling you, what he's revealing to you and to me. I tried to get her to stop, but she just shook her head to no and would not listen. Then a few months later, I was holding a revival for a friend who pastored Brother A's church. And while I was in that revival, they came and preached his funeral. 
I compared notes, and it was almost exactly two years from the day that I had had that word for her. And after his death, because her husband died, she never preached another sermon. Isn't that awful? All that happened because of words. Now, we've got to let that sink in, haven't we? We've got to get a hold of that. So, this is a quote from St. Francis. Wherever you go, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. Wherever you go. And Kenneth Hagin said, I learned this in this little book. He said, I learned the secret of words. Faith words. I learned the secret. So there's example in this word where God, you know, had to shut up the mouths of people. The walls of Jericho. He had to shut their mouth up. Why? Because of what was going to come out of their mouth. He had to shut their mouth because words are so very powerful. And, you know, uh, Satan is as a roaring lion going about seeking you. He's seeking your mind. He's seeking your mouth. He has access to us through our mouth. But God has access to us through our mouth. And we don't want Satan to use that powerful tool of our mouth and words against us. I'm not going to allow it. Amen? So, wake up my soul and sing. That was where I got that was from that, uh, the song. So that's what I'm telling my soul. Whatever comes against me, so whatever pressure, whatever disappointment, whatever strife, whatever comes, so you're going to sing. Because God said he would inhabit the praises of his people. It brings God on the scene. And all of a sudden, the peace will come. You know, that wasn't that bad. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm going to sing. But I'm going to take control of this soul. And, and I'm waking it up to sing. I'm waking it up to sing. Amen. So, I want you, uh, let's go to uh, Hebrews chapter 4. Get over there. And I'm going to read verses 1 through 3 here. He says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, rest for your soul, any of you should seem to come short of it. Well, I'll, I'll just have to say there's times I've been short of that rest. That rest he's talking about is peace of mind. There's times that the things that's been going on in my life, I've been running a little short of that rest. But I don't have to if I will wake my soul up and make it start singing. Praise God. So I'm going to go back and start with verse 1 again. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us, unto you and me, was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. 
You see, what you're hearing today is supposed to profit you. Amen? Let's don't be like they were, you know, the children of Israel, whoever it was. It did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. So what we hear today, it, the only way it's going to profit us is if we mix faith with it. I can do this. I'm going to do this. And see yourself doing this. Amen? So there's a couple of things here. He's telling us that, that about belief. In verse 3, it says, For we which have believed do enter into rest. The connection there for the rest is we which have believed do enter into rest. He said, As I have sworn in my, tra- my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Y'all, did you get that last sentence? The works were finished from the foundation of of the world it's over it's done with god's done everything he's ever going to do we've got to see what it is he did amen and have that mind of god and of the spirit so so he's telling us that belief believing gains an interest an entrance into that rest believing gives you an entrance into that rest but unbelief keeps us out of that rest so we've got to work on our faith girls I've got to start saying I believe I'm healed I believe I'm prosperous I believe I'm blessed going in and blessed going out whatever it is you know the Holy Spirit comes out of you that you confess start saying it as long as it lines up with the word of God I believe that Because when you get to the point that you believe, there will be a rest for your soul. There will be a peace for your mind. And it's when our our peace is disrupted, our peace of mind is disrupted, that we will say the wrong things. So we've got to be aware of, of what we're saying, of the words that we're releasing, and start lining them up with the Word of God. So... The word trust, you know, we've got to trust this word. I looked up the word trust in Webster's. It means firm belief in the honesty, reliability of some person or thing. It means a confident expectation. The Lord's really been dealing with me about trusting his word. We'll get into that in a minute. Then I looked up the word rest. Rest is peace of mind. That's what the Webster said. It's relief from anything that's distressing you. That's stressing you. It's a relief. Rest. Oh, I'm telling you, sometimes this mind goes wild. And the next thing you know, that rest and that peace is gone. And we're trying to figure out what to do. How do I do this? We've got, to, we've got to know what the Word says about it. Amen? So, so if we're going to have peace of mind, we have to trust God's Word. What it says. I have to trust it 
when I pray or when I speak over a, you know, a given situation, I have to trust that word and not talk against it. So trust to me is he had been talking to me about some things. Are you trusting me? Are you trusting the word that you've been saying? Or are you, are you double-minded <laughs> and releasing other words? So the Holy Spirit began to minister to me about this word trust. And he said, there is a manifestation when I learn to trust this word. There is some requirements, he said, this is what he said to me, there are some requirements that has to come from trust. I, there's requirements on me if I'm going to trust and receive the manifestation. And he said that I need to believe what I just spoke to. I need to continue. This is what I needed to do for trust. I, this is one of my requirements. I need to continue to speak the end result. That's one of my requirements by trusting the word. Instead of saying what I see with my physical eye, I've got to continue to say what the word end result is going to be, regardless how bad it looks. Continue to speak and release God's words. You know, the Holy Spirit was really ministering to me. He spoke to me that sometimes that includes time, trust. And then he said, trust is, is timeless. I love the Holy Spirit. I didn't think that up. That's my 3.30 to whenever I get up. What, the way he talks to me. He said, trust is timeless. And sometimes we quit our trust let our trust slip and start saying the opposite when I've got to continue in my trust because it's timeless. I've got to give it time to manifest. In other words, keep trusting and don't let doubt or questioning why you're, you haven't seen the result yet. He said, cast the care. Cast the care. Don't take it up again. You've got to trust the word of God that you just spoke. This all has to do with words. I looked up the word care. It means mental pain. It means worry. It means anxiety. I, I was sharing something with Karen a while ago, and, and, and this is a good example. of uh, He was ministering to me about trusting his word because I had been speaking the word over my pipes at my house. They were not frozen. I, I still had water. The problem was I was getting too much water. But, and, and he started telling me, he said, do you trust what you've prayed? So let me just kind of tell you what happened. Um, before this snow and everything hit, uh, I started having an issue with my, my pipes. My water started backing up. They were not frozen. They were stopped up. You know what I mean? Well, at my house, I have uh, the upstairs, and I have a downstairs that has uh, another small kitchen and bathroom and den and all that kind of stuff. 
And so one day, I knew my, my pipes. Now, we're talking about trust here and words. One day, about two weeks before that, I started noticing my, my pipes were, my sinks were draining slow. I don't know if y'all have ever experienced that or not. But they started draining slow, and I knew that probably I needed to get them unstopped. So I went, and I got all this stuff to pour down it, you know, and it didn't work. And so the Sunday before, the Sunday that this snow and all hit, well, what happened was um, I used my dishwasher and my washing machine. And I went downstairs one day, and it all backed up in my sinks downstairs. It did not look good. It was nasty. Uh, oh, dear Lord, you know. So I talked to Johnny Burroughs, who's a retired plumber, but he's still my plumber. And so I told this to him the day that it was supposed to snow. I said, now, Johnny, I, my sinks, I told him what they were doing, and I said, I, so I've got a blockage somewhere. He said, I'll be out this afternoon, and we'll get that unstopped. And I said, oh, thank you, Father. You are so good. You, God, you perfect everything that concerns me. Well, Satan came immediately, and it started snowing. Well, he lives on the other side of Dardanelle. And so he didn't get to come. Well, what am I going to do? I just got through thanking God that he perfects everything that concerns me. I've got to hold fast to my words because God had not quit and still has not quit perfecting that which concerns me. He's still working on it. So he didn't get to come. So then he said, Bonnie, I'll get out there as soon as I can get these roads, you know, where I can get in my truck and get out there. Well, so he came, and he worked all... Are y'all enjoying this little story? <laughs> you know what? I never lost my joy. Never. Because let me add this. The only thing that works, worked in my house at that time was my bathrooms because they were uh, hooked up different from the other system. You know what I'm saying? So I can go potty, take a shower, get water out of that sink, you know? I mean, I was blessed. He was perfecting everything that concerned me because if I couldn't use my bathroom, I was in trouble. So what did I do? I held fast to my confession of faith. But also... Uh, he, Johnny came out. He could not, could not get those things unstopped. Well, here I was. Couldn't use my sinks upstairs. Couldn't use my sinks downstairs. Couldn't use the washing machine. None of that. I was not troubled. I can honestly stand here and say, you know, okay. You're still working on this, God. And I say it out loud. Thank you, God, you're still working on this. You're perfecting it. So uh, he couldn't get them unstopped. He said, Bonnie, I think we need to call Roto-Rooter. I'm, I'm sorry, y'all don't have to listen to this. But it's a lesson to where we have to trust what we've spoken. And, I, and he started dealing with me about trusting what I had spoken about those things, unstopping 
He didn't say when. But I kept my eyes thinking, they're unstopped. They will, you know, they're unstopped. So anyway, he said, we got to get Roto-Rooter. Well, they came three times. But what had happened, they thought, was that all that that had backed up in there from my washer and, and dishwasher and all of that was still in there and it froze. And so when they would go to rod that, uh, the uh, rotor, they could only get to a certain point and that's only as far as they could go. And, and they told me, well, we'll be seeing you again <laughs> when this all thaws out where we can rot it out. So <laughs> this is, I'm taking up a lot of time, but what I'm trying to tell you is you've got to trust the words that you have spoken and not leave those words, even though things did not look good. So Johnny came back. He's been there three times. And... I want you to know by faith, they're unstopped. So I told Tom Wilkins Sunday, I said, you know what, Tom? I couldn't, I've eaten a lot of soup. I could still use my stove, my uh, air fryer and my microwave and all that. So I've eaten lots of soup out of my freezer. (laughs) But I thought, you know what? These little bowls are stacking up. and And I'm running out of spoons here. And so I got me out some big pots like this, and I filled them. I could fill them with water, but not let any go down the drain. So I filled one, put it in the microwave, got it hot where I could wash them. And I filled up another one. This is the old time, y'all. Y'all didn't live like this. You know what I'm talking about. And I had some clean, uh, clear water to rinse them. So I did all of that, and then I picked them up, by fate, walked out the door like this and dumped them. Y'all think you got it easy? Y'all, y'all were just enjoying the snow. Well, I didn't tell everybody about this. Pam back there knew. And, but that's what was going on. But at the same time, uh, they are unstopped by fate. They are unstopping, and now I, they, are, they are draining in the natural. They are slowly draining, but they, they are completely unstopped. I see them. Do you get this? I trust the words I spoke over, and that's what the Holy Spirit told me. Do you trust what you spoke over those pipes? And he really got me that I had to be sure I was watching what I was saying about the pipes. Are you getting this? Hold fast to that confession. And don't let it stress you if things are not happening immediately because it's taken more time than I wanted, but it's happening. When God says he's perfecting, Everything that concerns me. That is a process. He is busy. He is busy perfecting that for me. And I've got a bathroom where I can go potty and take a shower. Is that not awesome? 
Now, that's perfecting it. I hope y'all are getting this little story <laughs> and enjoying it. Well, I don't know where I went with all of that, but anyway. <laughs> anyway, I trust the word. The point is, I, he said, you've got to trust the words that you have spoken. I have got to trust them. I've got to give them time to work because time is sometime involved in your answer, in your manifestation. Give those words time because you've got an enemy out there that is coming to steal, to kill, and to destroy those words that you've been speaking, to take those words of faith out of you. And he, he tried. But you, I'm just as happy as a bug in a rug. I've told everybody, I know kids will call and they'll say this, say that, and I say, well, I'm doing great. Johnny will call, how are you doing this? I'm doing great. I said, I've got a bathroom where I can get water, you know, and my pipes are unstopping, and, and I you know, I, I'm not going to talk negative about them. Isn't that, I'm telling you how you've got to let the word work in your life. And I trust it. When God says, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, I've got to trust that word. And I've got to act on it. You should see me practicing my walking at my house. Y'all, I'm just sharing with you how the word of faith works. But I would catch, I would, I, I've caught myself so many times of uh, walking unsteadily. And I'll catch myself doing that, and I'll stop. And I'll release words. I say, legs, you are going to walk. And so I practice. I practice putting my feet down right. Because faith demands action. And so I catch myself. If I'm not doing what the action is, then I stop and I correct it. Are y'all getting this? Yes. It's powerful. Amen. And I trust this word of God. You know, there is a difference in believing and mentally assenting to something. And I think it was, I think it was Jerry Savelle that taught this years and years and years ago on mental assent. And, I mean, I, it was just so good. And I got to thinking about that, the difference in believing and mental ascending. So, believing the word is when I act on it. I'll know that I am believing this word if I act on it. A lot of you did not feel like physically, mentally, whatever, emotionally, coming today. But you came. Mental assent would say, I know the word says that, I'll, that I can make it. So, I'm, you know, so I'll just stay home. Greta here had a doctor's appointment. Oh, she's just my hero. Did anyone help you out of your car today? 
she came in her, did you come by yourself? Or Eddie brought you. But I noticed her Sunday morning. She came by herself. Eddie did, Eddie did not bring her. I, I want you to know you minister to me. Just what you do. She encourages me that you can overcome any attack the enemy brings against you. I pulled in my spot out front and I noticed you getting in your wheelchair by yourself. Well, she had hollered at, if I correct him right, she hollered at a young man that was coming by and asked him, would he get her wheelchair out of the car for her? She came to church not knowing whether anyone was going to help her to get her wheelchair out of the back of her car or not. Now, that's trusting God, y'all. That's trusting God. And you know what? He got that wheelchair out the back of her car for her, but he never offered to push her in. You've got something in you be, that somebody needs. Empty out yourself. So we talked to a young usher. I don't mind calling his name. You'll, he's awesome. Kyle Olson. And I told him about seeing this with Greta. And he said, well, I'm driving the bus, but I'll tell you one thing. I'll take care of her, and I'll pay attention. And I think he did. He pushed you out, loaded you to your wheelchair. Y'all, this is, this is trusting. She trusted her, her words that I'm going to church. She had, in order to fulfill that, she, her words, I'm going to church today, she had to put action to that. It was not mental assent. It was believing. You believed you were coming. Praise God. So mental assent is acknowledging that the word is truth. The word is truth. It says, I am healed. It says, I am blessed. It says, I am prosperous. So I've got to trust that word. But mental assent is acknowledging that that's truth. I, every person in here believes that the word says that you are blessed coming in and blessed going out. If I ask for a show of hands, everybody would say that. Every person in here would believe that by Jesus' stripes you are healed. That is the truth, and you believe that. But you never act on it. That's mental assent. You believe it's the truth, but you're not taking any action about what you believe. So, mental ascent is dangerous. And I love this example that I heard, uh, that I had read in a book. Mental ascent is standing outside the bakery and coveting the cake in the window. It is not possessing it. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Here I am. Looking at all that good stuff, Ted, you had out, whatever she had out today. Looking at it, but until I reach out and get it, I am not possessing it. Girls, you got to go get it. You got to go get it. You've got to stay faithful to the words that you've been speaking. And quit saying, 
the situation and the circumstances. If, if we can't say what the word says, then we need to zip our lip. Because Satan has his little antenna up. And the way he's going to get it, you and I, is by what he hears coming out of our mouth. He'll stop you. Because if he can ever get in your mind to thinking wrong, opposing what the word of God says, if he can ever get in your mind, you'll do what he wants you to think. He'll get you to thinking on the pain. He'll get you to thinking negative about prosperity. Well, if you need financial uh, finances in your uh, life, then study the laws of prosperity. There's laws. There are spiritual laws that will make you prosperous. Are you a giver? Are you a tither? Do you, uh, thank you, Pam. See? Watch. Isn't that awesome? Her helper. I've seen this girl go like that and have to open that door by herself so many times. We've got so much we need to give to other people. But we have become a self-centered nation. It's all about me. It's all about mine. When we're supposed to be letting out of us what is in us. Praise God. Okay, so... When I believe concerning something that this word says, I take it. That's my new thing. I'm taking it. I accept it, and it becomes mine. And I become the possessor. I am a possessor. You are too. Amen? So this, this is a quote. Satan battles for your mind. I think that's something maybe the E.W. Kenyon said. But Satan battles for your mind. But remember we read that Psalms 142 and verse 7 where it says, Bring my soul out of prison so that I may praise thy name. You know, in talking about the, the cares of this world and, and casting the cares, see yourself, use your imagination, see yourself, Casting that care away and leaving it, leaving it gone, gone. I, I looked up the word care, and I think I told you this, that it means the mental pain. It's mental, a care is. Um, God said in, in John six sixty three. the words that he had spoken unto you, they, his words, our spirit and life. The words that God has spoken to you, he said, are life. Not only life, but life more abundantly. Amen? So, you know, his words are containers of whatever I have need of. His words are containers. And I need to trust them. I really need to trust his words. And then again, I need to trust my words that I speak if, if I'm saying the right words. 
if I'm speaking the word of God over a situation, I have to trust those words that God is perfecting those things. You know, there's nothing like mental pain, mental anguish. I know some of you in here, you've lost loved ones uh, and different things have happened in your life and it has been mental anguish to you. I think that probably has happened to all of us in some manner that we have had mental anguish. But you know what? Wake up my soul and sing. So that's what I'm going around saying now. If I have anything coming against me that's unpleasant. That's just some of my favorite words now. Wake up my soul and sing. And I just go about singing. Sometimes you have to make yourself. But you know I started singing that. That song this morning, uh, and as, as I was singing that, it would lead to other songs. It led to some of those goldie oldies, Karen. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, fragrance after the rain isn't that awesome and then it goes on i love you lord and i lift my voice to worship you oh my soul rejoice take joy my king in what you hear let it be a sweet sweet sound in your ear for he is lord he is lord he has risen from the dead and he is lord every eye shall see every tongue confess that jesus christ what's happening to you peace is coming doesn't that just do something to you so wake up my soul and sing. Amen. Okay. 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 We need a mic over here. Just a minute. Well, I want everybody to be able to hear your little sweet voice. <laughs> One of these days, Cindy's going to share some things with y'all, how she has been an overcomer. On the way in, um, you, I came in fog. I mean, I was like on the mountain was just bad <laughs> but anyway came in I just started worshiping the Lord and and I said Lord singing to him and worshiping I said oh your church sings to you you know mm -hmm. I said I'm just a small part of the whole church singing to you and he said it's not like you think <laughs> and and he started ministering to me a very small portion of the church actually sing and worship him mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I started just I, I, then I just you know his it just ministered to my soul. I thought, well, I'm a worshiper. Yeah. I get to be one of those. Yeah. One of the few because from what I got, the majority or a large portion of the body of Christ does not sing and no. worship, mm -hmm. you know, just on a, on a continual basis. Right. And then when yeah. you brought up that, which you were talking about, wake my soul and <laughs> I that started ministering. That all came back is what he was speaking to me about yeah. how the importance of that. And, and I was doing it to settle myself. Okay? Yes. I mean, I had a motive. <laughs> Absolutely. I do it to settle and, myself. And, you know, come and uh, 
the enemy didn't want me coming this morning because I was going to, I kind of had a mully grove mo moment a little bit. Yes. But I just kind of like, nope, I'm not going to do it. Well, you just got to handle it, hadn't you? And, uh, well, I got up, the dogs were, I mean, just had a, had a morning. I thought, well, you know, it's a good day to stay home with the Lord and just spend time with him. <laughs> yes. And I kept talking to him. <laughs> Is it all right with you? But, you know, it does, what you were saying is exactly right. It does get our souls in the place mm -hmm. where they need to be. Yeah. And uh, so I, that really yeah. ministered to me, what you were saying. Well, it'll make or break our day. Conversation, you know, it was just. Whatever we allow our soul into our soul. Confirmation of what I heard Yeah, this well, morning, I appreciate so. that. That's great for sharing that. Okay. Well, ladies, I love y'all dearly. You know, I am so thankful for our ladies. And, and I've received from all of you, and I miss you when you're not here, you know. Um, you're, you're valuable and precious. I had a Liz Beavis from Arkansas, back down around England, uh, Keogh, Arkansas. She came here and ministered umpteen, I think we was in the old building, in a lady's day. And she was talking about her husband, and I had picked that phrase up, and I use it constantly when talking with other people, she, was, she referred to her husband as being valuable and precious. Right. I'll never forget that message. Valuable, and, and that's the way God sees you. And that's the way I see you. You are valuable and precious. Don't ever forget that. You're I don't, you know, you're valuable and precious. Praise God. Well, let's stand. Well, Father, here's your girls. <laughs> and Father... Praise God. I love you so much. I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. And I love the precious word of God. Now, Father, I speak over these ladies. Freedom for their soul. I thank you, praise God, that their soul is being taken out of prison so that they can and will praise you. They will worship you. And how precious the moments of being alone with you they're so precious, Father, and valuable to them. Just impress on them the value of getting alone in your presence so that you can speak to each one of us, Father, and tell us, tell us things, Father. I thank you for that, and I thank you, Father, that you hear this prayer. And I bless these ladies as they leave this place, and I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're going to minister to each one of us, including me, the things that I needed to hear today and the things that I need to put action to. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a super great day.